Yeah, I'm back, man. So I just, I just, I really appreciate what you're saying. And like I was saying, like, it's real cool because <laughs> what you're saying right now is literally when I sat down and thought about the idea and over the course of, like, days and a few weeks I was structuring it, mm-hmm. I knew that I was on to something. See, let me tell you, man, that the one thing about me that, that, like, I've learned at this point because it's been through practice and I'm appreciating now and since I know it, now I'm, like, operating in it fully to even help other people is I've always had a knack for niche, for the con- for niche-based ideas. Like, it's literally how I went from, and I'll share, um, in fact, I'll share another podcast I did talking about it, where I went in 2000, in fact, I was talking about it in my podcast this morning, I'll share that with you. Mm-hmm. But I, I went from starting my instrumental company in 2000, like, 2006 was when I first had the idea and I, and I started my production company. And then I got, I, I started getting into the instrumental side of it, having an instrumental business, say around 2007 and then going into 2008. And when I got into it, I saw a niche. It was the, the, during the time when I was heavy in, in the gospel um, industry. That was what my, you know, my main focus was and where my life was. And during that time, excuse me, during that time, had uh I realized a niche in the market for instrumental music. I realized a need that was there for like good soulful instrumental music and I looked at the market and I saw what's there. I called Daywin, Daywin Soundtrack Company, which I don't know if you've ever heard you probably have, but they, they were like at the top of the charts as mm-hmm. far as that particular niche. And when I told the owner like I called this so I could ask some questions so I could learn about the structure of the business and stuff so I know, you know, some things that he was generous enough to to have a talk with me. And he he all but laughed me off the phone when I told him my business idea. But I understand why though. It was the idea that I was telling him was something that his company couldn't do because they had way more overhead and it was a bigger company and they were servicing a particular uh, market point. But I mm-hmm. saw a place in the market, a niche that was a lower price point, but it fit a whole slew of people and scenarios. And he said to me that day, like, he was like, he's like, I don't mean any harm, but you're going to put yourself out of business before you even start. And that was in, I don't know, 2008, 2009. By 2014, five years later, the company was a six-figure-a-year company. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, knew, I knew the niche. And since then, and even since I started coming in and been doing different things, that I've come up with a bunch of different ideas that that's all come out of fruition music, and they all have been, like, niche-based ideas that was, like, untapped markets. So I realized that's, like, one of my main skills mm-hmm. is to really creatively see niches and see, you know, scenarios that can fit them. So long story short, man, to fast forward to this and the shared thing and why I'm really, like, I can't tell you how much I appreciate even just you know, what you said about it, is one day, okay, so I released, in fact, I just put my last five DVDs on the market um, for sale, like, maybe two or three, two, three days ago, because I created two courses back in, like, 2009, 2010, and those courses were for piano, and one was a basic, like, just a real, real, real basic, you know, course on just the keyboard and basic stuff like octaves and half steps, like how to put together basic diet, 
diatonic chords. Like it was very, very basic. Because mm-hmm. my goal was to start from the ground, ground like step one, you know, for people that didn't know anything about music. And then I was going to build a course from there all the way to, you know, teaching advanced techniques or whatever. So I did that. And then I was um, into gospel jazz heavily. Then I was a gospel jazz artist, and I created um, my first gospel jazz DVD course. Now, once I did that, you know, things went well. People was appreciating it, and I was moving forward with that. Then things started taking off with the instrumental side of the company, and I had to focus my time on that because, like I told you, five years later and six six figures a year later, it was cool, but that's where I needed my focus to be. But I love teaching because I've always been a person who taught one-on-one starting mm-hmm. in, like, 2007, um, and I, I love giving back, you know, I'm just – I love sharing information. So it was real rewarding for me. And I love one-on-one because music, everybody, as you know, being a musician yourself, everybody processes music in a different way. Everybody has a different way and pace of processing different things. And right. it's not like a, a one-trick pony. That's why, like, I went to college for music. I'm kind of getting off on a tangent, but I'll keep it short. I went to community college for music, and I took ear training, Basically, thing there, and I took theory one and two there. And the thing I realized, especially in the ear training class, because I was doing a course on the side of like a, a self-study course, mm-hmm. and I realized that in those three months, there was seven people that was in my class total, the night class, and in those seven to eight people, there were we all came from different walks of life. There was the young black guy who was around my age, who had perfect pitch, who could just hear everything. He was just really good all the way to the old guy who barely here, you know, and then in between people who had no experience in music and it's something that did. Mm-hmm. But we were all being taught the same thing and we all had to get the same information in 90 days and that it was a one-size-fits-all thing. And I realized that with some a lot of subjects with music, you can't teach it that way. So mm-hmm. it made me really appreciative of teaching one-on-one and I developed these courses, and I kept teaching it. But then when I had to stop for a minute, I was like, okay, and right now my head is in the place of, you know, being an artist, a performer, plus I'm running this other side as far as the backing tracks. I'm going to get back to teaching, and I was like, you know, when I do, I guess it will be DVDs like here. But as time went on, and, the, and everything started to change as far as our industry and how information was given out and YouTube and everything, I realized wasn't going to be as potent as it used to be because you can get a lot of information online for free now and now you can get really good organized information for free. Right. So I right. Think the business model was going to have to change. <clears throat> and then, and then uh, did you watch the little video out front that was the little intro part of the video where I was saying like I don't really like to sell education because did you see that part of the video? It, of the video you, that you said as far as the end Yeah, the very first As far as the Nat King one or the very first one of your, the introduction? The introduction before you get to the show. I don't think I did see Okay, that. when you get a chance, right, mm-hmm. and I know, you know, it, 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 it makes sense that you skip to it, especially because it's like three minutes, but when you get a chance, watch that three minutes from the beginning because then you're going to really trip about what I'm about to say. Okay. I basically made that intro because even though I've made a living as a teacher, you know, for years, and I know how to make a living both publicly and privately, I 
rather just give away the information if I can, when, especially when it comes to, like, online because, you know, you know how you have, and I demonstrated in the video, you know, I probably laugh at it, but because uh, it was it was, it was comical, I was being silly. But you know how you'll, you'll see, like, some advertisements with, on on um, online where somebody will show you, like, all except for the meat, like the real meat and potatoes. Then when they get to that part, they stop and they go, if you want the rest of this information, you got to pay for it. Oh, no, I did see that when you when you gave that example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, when you was like, it's 1995 or something. Yeah, for that last quarter of, of single, single. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I did actually see that. Yeah, so with that, like, I didn't want to have a model. Like, I, I will eventually have courses one day at some point when it makes sense. But I didn't really – I'm not really pressed about the courses and making the money because I'm I'm pressed about getting the information to people yeah. and getting so much valuable information to people just like yourself and how this played out and how it will play out for a lot of people that the, the investment back will be there because people will just be like, you know, I'm definitely going to donate to this effort because of how much it can help me. I never right. want, like, money – to stand in between how much information I give and all that, because right. that's just crazy. So with that, I was realizing recently, because I thought I was going to get back to teaching, like, when I was when I was old and gray and, you know, finished doing all the performing I wanted to do, and I was just that old dude who was like, now nah, everybody wanted to get to because, you know, he's been around, and now right. I'm chilling. I had to do anything. I'm not really pressed about too much. So, yeah, you know, I take some students and, but I was like, I, I love teaching too much to wait to that point. So I realized something. I said, you know what? When it comes to me as a musician, right, I love performing. It's, it's one of the biggest joys. But almost even more than performing, I have this weird love affair with practice. Like I, like practicing for me is so fun and liberating. And the main reason why is because my discipline, my, my biggest strength has always been my discipline like more mm-hmm. than being talented as far mm-hmm. as just creatively talented. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was able to, I just, I just started playing keys until I was 21, 22, which is a little bit over 10 years ago. But my discipline allowed me to sit down and do a bunch of stuff that a lot of other musicians after just can't play, do. Yeah, they couldn't do or they couldn't find time and they, and they, and life was too hectic and they didn't get a chance to make time or they didn't make time because we make time for what's important to us. But we had to right. just decide between sitting down and practicing or taking care of responsibilities and, and just learning what we could so we get the gig, you know, and get it done and get our work done. Right. And the thing I realized was I was the dude I was the dude in when I was playing in church, I was the dude who for this eight thirty service I I would play for, I could decide the music and it wasn't like um a choir or anything, it was just the congregation saying. So Instead of playing the same songs in the same key, if I played the same songs, I would change the key and play it up a half step or play it down a half step and to force myself to be able to just make sure, like, I can play in multiple keys and then I don't get stagnant, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyway, to fast forward to the point, all that led to me developing this particular type of this practice method that's really only 20 to 30 minutes a day and it's something that everybody can practice and stay up to par and it doesn't take a lot of time but you really but you hit like especially as a jazz musician you hit like almost everything that you need to hit in order to not only keep you up to par but to keep you actually growing and learning new stuff and you have to sit down and practice it for hours mm-hmm. and that had been my practice method for years 
So I thought one day, I was like, I want to get back to teaching, but I don't want to, I'm not really interested in, like, going back to the beginning and being like, okay, so here's here's the letters, the letters of the alphabet. Like, I don't, that's cool, like, but mm-hmm. from a niche-based perspective, what works better for me is right where I am, being able to just teach from right where the level I am, because in the shed, I'm doing two things at the same time. Right. I'm taking my relentless journey of always being a student of music and growing, and I'm pairing it with the fact that if I do it in this format, then I'm able to give the information to other people that are intermediate to advanced, as well as, and this is the biggie right here, is what, is what you said earlier. I was like, I have always been the one out of all of my peers that I know, with the exception of a few people, who literally had the best practice schedule. Like, I was always that one. So I was like, it's just like going to the gym. There's some yeah. conditions out here. They just need an accountability part. Yeah, like absolutely. Just, yeah, absolutely. Just, if they have, for many people, if they are able to shed with other musicians, just like if they're able to go to the gym with other buddies, like, it, yeah. it, it gives them more motivation. It, it's absolutely. So absolutely. I decided I wanted to be, and this is this is my mantra I've been saying in some of my videos, and it'll be always the one. I want to be like I always say, like how, you know, I'm I'm your new accountability partner. Like I want to be that. And so that coupled with the fact that everything I practice, like I didn't do it with that tune because as the days go, I would I would be practicing that tune in other keys too. Mm-hmm. Everything I practice, I love practicing in all keys. And the thing is. It's the most important thing that any musician can do to grow above anything. But the problem is because the gigs that we play don't require us to play in those other keys and be in those other situations, we don't practice them unless we have to. Yep. And it, and it's not really it's not really um, time um, – uh, it, well, I'll say it this way. It's time-consuming to try to practice, you know, the songs that you're working on that way. So what I – try to teach people and the thing I learned was you literally and I learned this from Kenny Warner Effortless Mastery, a book that I read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read that book. You familiar with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. I learned this from that, that you don't need a lot of time. You just need a short amount of time to practice to your weakness. And I realized that if you take a short amount of time and you don't it's not in the same time you practice your gig stuff, because your gig stuff is just to get what you need to get to get through the gig, but that doesn't always allow you growth, like, you know what I'm saying? So I realized that if you make a separate, very small time, 15, even if it's, like he said in the book, even if it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like even if it's 5 or 10 minutes, if you dedicate that time to something where there's no pressure on it, there's no pressure, you don't have to race through, but you can take your time, then you can put something in that format where you can go through different keys and different modes, take your time, and actually get better. But most people don't do that because... No, because need... that's, yeah. that's... that that And I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you, you um, probably should have stopped a long time ago. <laughs> that, uh, that is what you said earlier. What what that requires is discipline. And discipline is really understanding what you're, um, what you're, uh, what you're not good at. That's true. And disciplining That's yourself to, to concentrate solely on just those things. And yeah. I know for me, 
you know, one one good way of practicing, and this is not just what people have. Of course, we've heard this from teachers and whatever, you know, just right. through our whole life of educators or whoever we looked up to as far as mentors, whatever, we've heard this. But right. it's actually true when people say, or when you hear that you have to, that's really what those method books are for. Yeah. Because they knew that people would not be able to be disciplined enough to say, okay, let me grab the bow, right. or bass player, for instance, as far as double bass player or or anybody who plays the upright bass. Because you have to learn how to play, just like with the piano, you have to learn how to play your instrument first. It doesn't matter about what songs you're playing. Right. It matters about what is the hand-in-hand thing. You have to know how to play songs. You got to know all that. But you gotta know how to play your instrument too, and to yeah. be and and to be able to play your instrument, mm. you have to do those things to be able to play your instrument. Just from a physical standpoint, from a mental, from right. trying trying to get the physical and the mental stuff to connect. That's yeah. what those things are for. When right. you sit down and you first get on your instrument, the reason why we've always heard that you have to. Um, you have to play and and do the fundamental stuff like first and get all that stuff out of the way is because when you go through those different fundamental things and those books, it's taking you through different keys. It's right. taking you through playing in different positions. It's right. taking you through all of those things that we have to consistently do. We have to, it don't matter how great we are, it don't matter what particular music we're playing, you have to consistently do that stuff to be able to play your instrument first. Right. Right. I mean, like for bass players, you you got to do long tones. You you, you have to mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. practice scales and slurs, and you you got to play through the stuff in these different method books because you got to be able to play the instrument from from the top to the bottom. You can't just play in one section of the instrument because you can't play music that way. Music is written to be able to play in all different parts of your instrument. Mm-hmm. So you, you know have to be able you have to be able to know that. You know what's funny about what you're saying? Like it's so true and it's and it's wild because it connects to another piece that goes all the way to the heart of even why I created this in the shed thing. When you said you know you have to really know your instrument, you have to really practice your instrument. You know the funny thing, as soon as you said it, what besides our actual physical instrument, the other thing that it interprets to me immediately, because this is how I think, literally, your instrument is yourself. Yes. <laughs> and the yes. funny part, the funny part, and this is why I created it, that's another reason why I'm so excited about what it's doing for people, and I was helping people and where I'm going with this, because I saw it from the beginning, is that when we practice a lot of times, especially for gigs, we practice the music to be able to get through the gig, a lot of times we don't have the opportunity to practice like ourselves, like practice mm-hmm. our voice, like yep. our, like to just spend time yep. with like who yep. we are. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And that, and, that, and, and yeah. to also really develop what is that. It's yep. like, especially, especially for rhythm section, I mean, especially yep. for us rhythm section players because we're always playing someone else's music. So, you don't never really work on unless you're working on your own music. But most of the time, your time is if you're a, I mean, if you're a professional, you gotta work 
And yeah, most of the time, your work is doing other people's music. So you don't. So so you spend time, most of your time. But but even for us, that's why one of the ways to develop all of that is what we're talking about, as far as constantly, daily, whenever you get up, having a discipline to work on. See, when you work on those things, you that that you can't, that you don't do well. What that is doing is that's helping you develop your own whatever you, you develop. So, for instance, for me, for a long time, you know, because I learned the bass wrong. I learned the I learned the bass from a jazz standpoint first, which I started playing jazz because I, I started out on the electric, just like a lot of players do, and I thought that was the same thing as the upright, and it's not. It's totally, totally, totally different instrument. Total different world. Right. Everything is just different about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. So it's like it's so, like the difference between a piano and an organ. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just a, it's a different <laughs> instrument. A different and that's instrument what people don't understand. Together. Even though it has the same role, oh, it's a different instrument. Yes, sir. So for me, it's like I started out wrong because I started out playing jazz and, and jumping right into you know learning jazz and trying to, and I didn't learn how to play the upright for the for the instrument itself. Now, how do you learn how to play the instrument? Well, for this particular instrument, you needed to get it. First of all, when you learn, it's just like playing any wood, uh, not wood, when um, string, uh, any string instrument, whether it's the violin, viola, cello, it's the same stuff. You have to learn with the bow. You have to right. learn. That's that's how you start out. I didn't start out that way. I started out playing pizzicato and, and plucking it thought that this was the same thing as electric, using electric bass finger. Just all the wrong stuff. Everything was wrong. Everything was absolutely wrong because I went to high school, and my high school band director, who wasn't a bass player, he was a trombone player, who didn't know what it takes to to tell me, hey, you need to get with a bass teacher so that, right. so that they can show you how to play the instrument. He just needed a bass player and a jazz band. He didn't care. Right. You know, and that's how a lot of us, our life because we, you know, growing up, we don't have the means to be able to to have a piano or whatever kind of teacher to show us the proper way to be able to play these instruments. So we have to learn from our band directors in school because we don't have money to go and get private instruction. I didn't, at least that was my case. I feel you. Where I came from. I didn't have no, my first lesson on the double bass was when I went to college. Right. I, mean, I wonder. If, I wonder if you. Uh, this this would be another topic that I definitely definitely interested in your ideas about. We probably could talk about this in a longer way too. You know, maybe in another another conversation. But I wonder, like, if I like when you think about your experience, especially like you say, learning the base, and instead of using the word wrong, I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna use the word unorthodox. Um, mm-hmm. Just for a second, just for a second to to make this example. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's anything from your experience in learning that way that even though it was not maybe the orthodox way, it somehow it somehow was like it was valuable for you in a different way. Let me tell you what I mean. Like, no, I, I actually yeah. understand what you're saying. Yeah, because I started, I, like, if I think about, real quick, if I just think about the way I started out music, it was, you know, drum machine samplers and chopping samples and hip-hop, and I didn't know keys, you know, I didn't know anything at first, and there was a certain 
the thing that that was most valuable about that experience for me, um, even though I wound up getting to the point of saying, wow, if I could do this this well without knowing anything about music, what would happen if I learned, like, actual um, theory? And, and then that, that that inspired me to learn, and then that's when I – because I knew I could add on to – but I was at. I knew I could add on to something that I did get from that music that I wouldn't be able to tell until later when I learned the rules or I learned the right way to play or right the quote unquote right thing. Was that there was a certain sense of freedom that I had? Yeah. Yeah. yeah during that time, where I was, where I learned, I, and I, I actually credit my my found the foundations of my voice, which for me is like a a, a particular like hip hop sense. Mm-hmm. Um, rhythmically and as far as my phrasing, and I realized that I got that from literally just jumping in the sandbox, not knowing the rules, and the, and not knowing the rules allowed me to not have any preconceived hindrances to creativity. Like, like you know what I mean? It's like you, you I, I explained it like another way I explained it was I was working with this this vocalist, the very first soloist that I. Um, Played for in church, like somebody who I played for regularly, where I learned like how to back up a soloist, and we were both like quote unquote young and dumb, and I don't mean that in a negative way because she was actually older than me. She was actually like in her late forties or fifties, uh, late forties. But when I say we were young and when we were young and bush, bushy eyed, what did I say? But bright eyed and bushy tail. That's mm-hmm. what I mean to say most of mm-hmm. We were so happy about being able to get together to create that we used to do stuff that now when we joke about we don't we don't play together now, a lot of us have gone in different directions, but when we but when we get together and we just reminisce, now we kinda look back and think about certain risks that we took, like certain songs that we mm-hmm. that was real challenging that we like worked on in one rehearsal and we worked our tails off. Like that was that was a part of it. But mm-hmm. the, like we would like now we think about how complex it was, like we wouldn't dare try that now just because we're we know more we know more but then that young like not like unorthodox kind of thing allowed us to get into some places where like we created magic and it was because we weren't afraid because we didn't know we didn't know what the rules were so we weren't afraid of anything (laughs) so absolutely so 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 my response to that yeah is because you because you was you was piggybacking on what I was saying as far as what I could like the fact right. that 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 I didn't learn the right way. So for me, my response to that is it's just like it's just like life. It's just like where you where you come from. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're young, you you don't have control of your life and where you right. come from and where you grow up. You know that's 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 more predicated on your family and background and parents or whatever. <laughs> so when you get older, you, you become better because that's just how it goes. That's the cycle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you look back at your life, even if it wasn't the greatest, that was that is what made you who you are. Right. So you don't never forget about where you come from and you don't forget about because right. that's all part of the process yeah. of making you who you are. Who you are today. It's the I'm same sure. thing that what you're saying with the music. It's me me starting out playing jazz right. was the best thing for me learning the music. Yeah. 
Yeah, so there were saying. benefits. So so when I made that statement that that was the wrong, I I probably need to find a different way to say that. I know what you mean, though. Because you I can. Like the things that you, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Let me, mm-hmm. I think, and, and I'll just drop it, throw it right back to you. I, I, and I, this is how I interpreted it too, um, but I wanted to have this other account because I knew that what you just said, I was like, it made sense. You, you weren't saying it in totality. There was just some things that definitely, like, like I can say myself, that you didn't get by coming that method that you had to later either rework and learn in a different way because it's better, you know, that way, or just some stuff that like, yeah, like you, it just fills in the gaps. Right, you know, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And see, for me, it's like, especially going through school, and and, and that's why school is, is not always a good thing right. for for musicians because, you know, it's a psychological thing that really hinders you from your creativity and your musicality and all that stuff that you're really supposed to be doing at all times. That's just, yeah. a, that's just what we are and what we do. Yeah, and right, school, right. school hinders that. It can stifle that. You yeah. know, it, it, it hinders and stifles that, whether it's the program, whether it's professor, whether it's whatever it is. It right. just, it kills that. that right. and, and that's supposed to be the driving force in what we do. Yeah. That's so part of, it, but part of it for me is now that I kind of got older and I went through this journey, right. you start to see, okay, I didn't really have full control because I don't know. And I wasn't getting, you know, I wasn't given the proper direction. Right. It's it's nobody's fault. It's just that's the way it went. Right. You know, exactly. I wasn't given the proper direction exactly. in how to do it because I'm young right. and whatever, you know. And so for me, when it came to the instrument, because I'm a teacher now also, and, and this is why for me, right. when I get students, my main thing, especially with jazz bass players, is and just the bass in general, mm-hmm. is okay. I get what you may want to do. Right. I get what you may, you know, want to play, which we go do that because that's why you come to me. I'm I'll go give you what you want to do. Right. But you got to do something for me too. Right. Is, right. Which is go both ways. which is if I see something that needs to either be fundamentally first correct it before we get into that, right. you're gonna to have to just trust me. Yeah. And see and see my thing is yeah. it's just that's the way to play. I can't I'm not gonna give anybody bad teaching and bad whatever. I'm just not gonna do that because that's just not who I am. And that's where I say for me, I didn't ha- I didn't learn the instrument first. I learned how to play a style of music that requires see this see, see this is the other thing too. Jazz actually requires you to learn the instrument. That style of music that um that I was playing actually requires me to learn the instrument from from the perspective of what I didn't get to start off with. So that's also why I was it was like I was playing the 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 actual music because the music requires you to be able to know the instrument. Like, it wasn't like I was playing. See, that's why gospel, now gospel went through many different uh, uh, changes over the last 30, 40 years. Just like jazz, too, but gospel, you know, it doesn't take bass players to really know the instrument. Like, back in the day, 
you can go to a you can get with a gospel bass player and they don't even know notes on the bass. Like all like 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 they don't even know. Yo, I, mean, I played. I, I'm just being I honest with you. Like 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 and I, and maybe this is where I come from, but I yeah. think this is universal though because I think this is just how it is. It certain level of music requires you to do certain things, and so gospel. Even though it's progressed now, where now you do got cats out here that have to know whatever, because that's what the music requires. But but some back in the day, and even still now, you got some cats when it comes to the bass, just like with the keyboard, they transpose and, and they can't, they don't know what's really going on. Even though they're talented, they don't know what they're doing, and that's that to me a waste. Not a waste. It's a gift, but it's a curse. It's like you you can it takes a little bit of discipline and a little bit of wanting to just know certain things, especially if you're already doing it, to just know what you're doing if you don't know what you're doing. And so my thing is that was me. And so right. what I teach is I want people to know what they're doing. I want your maximum potential to be I want you to maximize your maximum potential. And a lot of us don't know what our maximum potential is and are. So it's, 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 it's sometimes up to you to figure that out, and it's sometimes up to somebody to tell you what that is. Yeah. Let me tell you this, man. You, you're right on the money. You're going to appreciate this. My mentor, the one who I went to, who I went to him for about a year and a half, two years total that we spent time together. <clears throat> and as soon as I walked in his office, he, uh, for the first time in his whole office, he pointed to one thing that was on his desk that he had up on this little sticky notepad, and mm-hmm. it said, pluck with a purpose. He said, this is, he said, this right here is the most important thing to me out of everything we do, and it said, pluck with a purpose, and mm-hmm. his whole thing was exactly what we're talk- what you're saying right now and what we're talking about. His deal was know what you're playing you know, understand it, understand its context, understand it as far as theory, like know the language, don't be limited, you know. And I appreciated it. In fact, it was it was the very thing that I needed because I was I was a person who was inclined more towards theory. Like I had that's that's the other interesting part about this journey. It's like I think about it sometimes and I don't know if I would be it's interesting because you know you can only you only live one life this in yeah. this direction, so you can't tell the other. But I mm-hmm. I I don't think I would be as much of a, what I would consider a musician who has a groove and who can like I don't think I would know my voice if I did it the other way. Or well, it might not have panned out this way. If Absolutely, I, it, I totally I, I totally yeah. agree with that. I yeah. totally agree with that a hundred percent. That's why even with what I was telling you, mm-hmm. I don't take back any of my experiences when it comes to music right. because that's 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 it's that's who I am. That's, that's who I'm I am. Say. Like I grew up playing music <laughs> in church. I grew up from the church. I right. grew up, you know, listening to jazz at home with with because right. because my cause my parents wasn't musicians, but they it was right. a culture. I mean, you didn't have to be a musician to love black music, right. you know, or just music. Period. But for us, black music. Because that's mm-hmm. what's part of because jazz is part of our culture. That's it's like right. gospel and blues and all that stuff is black music. So it's certain stuff that's going to be played in your house. Mm-hmm. Just growing up, you go hear it. So for me, that's what it was, you know. And my journey, 
I don't take none of that back. I don't. I I I I I thank you know whether it's God or whoever. I thank I them for the way that it has gone for me because right. that's my way. That's that's who I am. Like that's where I that's where I come from. That's right. my influences. That's the things that I like. Mm-hmm. That's who I am as a person, and I have been created to to have to actually do this. That's mm-hmm. this is part of my creation. What I'm doing. That's why I'm here doing this because this is what I was. You know, you know. There's other mm-hmm. things that I was created for too, but creating music and being able to communicate this art and and what I have is something that I feel like I was created to do. Mm-hmm. So how it is so how my voice and how my music and how all these things that comes from me comes out comes from where I come from. And I definitely love where I come from because where yeah. I come from made it real. And that's see music has to be real to me. That's mm-hmm. what I mean, it's it's just like, you know, I mean real music I mean music because because just like with language just like with all these other things, it's important. It's so important. So for me, I, I want it to be real. So you don't have to know me. You don't have to know my history or anything like that. But when you hear me, but, but when you hear me, I just want you to hear the realness and where I come from and what and just everything about me. And that all comes from my journey. You know, so I don't take back that. I just what I but there but there are things that you learn on this journey that you know, especially when you didn't have no control over. Because some things we do have control over, and we just don't do, you know, or whatever. But the 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 fact of not knowing a base from the angle, because I just feel like for me, if I would have had whatever kind of to learn the bass the way that that I now know to learn the bass, it's just that I would have been able to position myself a little bit. I don't take my none of the experiences, but yeah. I would have been able to position myself even in, in, in like, say, for instance, even if I was, you know, if I would have went into a, a school program, I still would have been able to, to, to uh, not get too caught up in that systematic way where it messed me up for many years of really progressing. Like, I feel like now I'm progressing because I've just become better at life. And so it's like the music stuff is just a reflection of what I'm I'm doing in my life. I talk about this every single day. Like, that literally is. That's why I actually... For me, jazz makes so much sense because it's nothing but just life in motion. It's nothing but any different in life. Like you, I was talking about this yesterday. <clears throat> you know, you have an agenda for your day. You kind of have it mapped out. And then as soon as you step outside, it starts raining, and then you adjust accordingly. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you, mm-hmm. just, you keep doing it. You trip over a rock, you turn it into a dance. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You, you you get blocked by traffic, you do a detour. Like, that's jazz, you know. You bring all your past experiences and your past uh, understandings and knowledge to the moment, but you you bring it to the moment to use it where it needs to be, and then on the other side, in balance, you come to the moment completely open. 
for like the next experience of what life wants to teach you, you know, so to speak, or just being open. So like <clears throat> that's why I can relate to everything you're saying. My mentor had stuck with a purpose. His and and I got down to theory and it was great. It it was so great. When I reflected on it afterwards, I was glad that I first started off just in the sandbox because after I learned theory, like I had to it took me a little bit of time to get back to just that purity of creating without rule, like without mm-hmm. having a problem. Like it was, it was at one point, and because this is how it was for my mentor, and, and he was great, but you know he wasn't as he wasn't an artist though. Like he wasn't an artist like how I would see myself as an artist. He just was really, really good at like playing. He was good at reproducing other people's music as far as, you know, playing. He could play gospel. He understood it. He had a great method, but he wasn't an artist. In fact, the greatest thing that happened that I, like, to this day I cherish because he passed not too long after um, him and I were um, together. Uh And uh, the one thing that, like, he called me his star, like his star pupil or whatever, because I reminded him a lot of himself with my drive and my hunger and my dedication and so he just poured, you know, poured out the knowledge to me. And before we actually stopped connecting, the last six months I was teaching him. Like we, like we switched chairs because I wow. had gone wow. on to learn to start learning jazz and improvisation and learning modes. And it was the greatest gift ever, you know, to mm-hmm. be able to give back to the person who literally they like, gave you, of course, oh my of gosh. course. So with that, <clears throat> you know, when I after that even though I started off as a producer and purely as a creator, a producer and a writer, it took me a minute because for a second when I would think about musical ideas in my head, instead of leaning towards if they sound or felt good, I would lean first towards did they make sense theoretically, did they make sense Mm -hmm. as far as theory. And it would be cool because I would... It would be okay at times because if it did make sense and it sounded good, then we were good. But then I noticed it was like a blockage, though, because then I couldn't just allow myself to be free and just allow sounds to come to me. Like, I was filtering them too much. So then I I realized I was able to get back into the swing. Um, It was like I had to start sitting down like how I did as a kid where I would write songs or, or get into what I was getting into, not thinking about rules, just purely thinking about what I heard and what I felt. And then what I would do, would be I would lay everything down, and then once I was finished, then I would analyze it, like look at it from a theory perspective, and and like because I would write my songs out, you know, that kind of thing. Or or if I weren't writing them, if I want, I mean, not writing them out, I would look at them from a theory perspective. If I needed, like, if I got somewhere stuck and I needed like to figure out something that would work, like something right. that makes sense, you know, then I would go to theory. But other than that, I realized I had to go back to my childlike state of just approaching music from a feel and a vibe perspective. And that's mm-hmm. when I started writing, you know, some of my greatest music. So that that really, that fast forwards me to even where we started with this to even tell you, like, how that comes into play with, with the In the Shed thing. At some point, it was always the cat where when I would play with different bands around the city, um, I would always be, like, the the one person in the band that, like inspired the band like it was if I get called and it still happens today like if I get called to sub in for to say like 
you know, something dealing with like jazz, like groove jazz or smooth jazz or something like that, or or R&B. You know, so um, a lot of times it'll be where I might be still the creative, like the person reaching for new possibilities and creativity, and it'll it'll inspire the other people around. And I realized something a long time ago. It was it was really because of my fundamental approach to music in the practice room. It was that a lot well, of people. You're, and I'm sorry, and now I'm sorry to cut you off because mm-hmm. I wanted to say, say something say something about that because I know I can I know I I I feel like I know why that is and the reason is because and that's why all of the greats you know are great because the thing about it when you're on a certain level when you have discipline like just the fact that you do what you do is going to put you in a class by yourself. Because you're, you're like you're putting in the work. So when you come on gigs and you're playing the music, not only you, I mean I can tell by your approach, you know the music because I'm sure you use this approach in anything that you're doing. You know the music inside and out. When you and this is one thing I'm learning, even in being in this area, coming from where I come from, and because you know the, the thing about it is when you go to different places, it's the same thing really. It's just you just gotta you know you gotta find you gotta find your way and you gotta speak it out and you gotta see what's going on. But it's like what I have learned about being in this area uh, since since I moved here last year uh, in July is that professionalism is 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 the name of the game. And being a professional means taking care of business, meaning that you do everything what it takes at the highest level to be successful. You do whatever it takes and you so your preparation, that's why highly successful people, they just work extra hard than normal people. That's all really what it is. It ain't that you got a special talent or whatever. You just right. work you you told me you're disciplined. I can see that. You don't have to say that. I can right. see that. I can see the way that you go about doing things you have to be disciplined because the way that's the only way to be able to do these types of things that you're doing is me, to be let me, disciplined. Let me, let me add this to it though, because what you're saying is a hundred percent right. But I, but here's the thing: it's actually only half of the equation. And that, and I'll be honest with you, even though it's extremely significant, because that was the one thing I did see above all else. I had a different work ethic and a different yeah. But here was the other thing though that I realized, and this is really what took the kick for me, even as far as this in the shed thing and everything else I'm doing to help. I I also noticed I had a different relationship with the music mm-hmm. than like and with just the just the like not even the music, with music itself. Mm-hmm. Like than than some other people that I'm around. So what I would notice would be like okay, you had the one side where you just had people that weren't making the time, you know and I had more discipline. I was making the time. Plus, I was a bit fortunate in some situations because this is also a big factor. I've been full-time music since I was 21. So mm-hmm. a lot of the other people, you know, that I play in bands with, they aren't full-time music. You know, they got day jobs, and it's even harder for them to make the time. So there was that, you know, was maybe the factor of, like, some people just don't. There's some people, like I was talking to my buddy the other day, one of my best friends, who, who knows and who has a voice who has a real voice as far as he plays saxophone and he's a jazz player and he has a voice 
and I and I kind of found out, and I didn't know this about him, and a lot of things about him and I are very similar. Like, we're both very, very similar. That's why we're best friends. But I found out the other day that practice for him was something that he just did just to get to the point. He hates practice. He hates practice. Like, he... Mm-hmm. Like, for him, is more so he does it. He faces it head on, you know, head on. He's a brute. Like, that's one thing. Him and I, we're brutally knocked through something. He didn't enjoy it as much as I did. His mm-hmm. about the means to get to the end. For me, practice is exploration. So practice for me has always been the end. Like, it could be the end. For me. Not in an ultimate sense, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm satisfied is I don't know what in practice when I actually get, like, when I'm digging in my voice and myself so much and I'm not thinking about the rules, but I'm literally thinking about what I want to play and who am I and what do I like within these choices and what my choices are, what do I have to say in the conversation. Like, I'm so deep into that that the fulfilling aspect of that process is, like, for me, I mean that's the icing on the cake. I mean, I'm sorry, that's the that's the cake, and the gig mm-hmm. happens to be the icing. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy, but I realized that I had I had a different relationship. I had two things working for me. One, like you correctly identified, the, the discipline thing really took goes a long way for me. But then the second part is the joy I actually get out of sharing. So what that brought me to was like, oh, I literally have a different relationship than a than a number of people around me. Well, and 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 I'm gonna just say this: it, mm-hmm. you're absolutely 100 percent correct, but I still think it's because of the same thing. I think it's because, yes, the reason why you feel like it's so different than the is because what you just said about what your friends. That's the majority of musicians because whether it's been school mentors or whoever we've come up under, practicing becomes and because discipline. I mean, I'm trying to tell you, there there are not a lot of people, whether they have the capabilities or not, that's not the question. We're all capable of, of many things, but right. that's not the that's not the problem. The problem is are you gonna do it or not? You know what I mean? Like, we're capable of doing a lot of stuff, but are, when it comes down to just doing it or not doing it, whether you got children, whether you got this, whether you got that, you said yeah. it earlier. If it's that important to you, you'll get it done. Yes, and we are created as people to do that. So what I am saying to you, is it goes back into just what you just said. You enjoy practicing. Now, I'm going to tell you why it is. The reason why you enjoy it is because you know from what you have to this all goes back to being disciplined though. You know the fruits of your labor. You know if I go in and enjoy what I'm doing practicing, first of all, I'm a note of music. It's simple logic to me. It's just and and the thing about artists and musicians, we really are smart people. I mean, that's the only reason why we can do what we can do. We, we're not dumb people, whether society tells us that we're not, you know, whatever, who, which who gives a damn about what society yeah. says, but we're really smart individuals. We are really highly intelligent people. Mm-hmm. So the thing that we figure out is, okay, 
if I go and practice, it's just like when I, it's just like with sports. If you practice the way that you're going to perform, nine times out of ten, when a performance comes, if you've already perfected whatever it is in practice, it's just going to carry over. Mm-hmm. It's just if if I'm practicing and I'm having a great time in practice, just imagine when I get on the gig. If I know the music, because if I'm having a great time in practice, this is what it's taking care of. It's taking, it's taking care of me learning the music. Mm-hmm. It's taking care of me uh, being happy and 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 and, and being and going to this creative space where it's no limitations. You don't have no limitations. That's why when you get on gigs, you sound different than everybody else because you got a wider bag because you prepared yourself more than everybody else. And that's what I was going to say. Look, you, you're, you're dead on with that because that, that was the part I was going to get to. It it wasn't so much a logical, like, if I do this, then I'll I'll know the music out. Let me tell you something. Let me explain to you why I said it. All right, so, because this was something I learned early on where I was like, oh, I just have, we just, everybody has this different, a different relationship with the concept of music itself. So let me tell you this. Which I do there, agree with that. I do agree with that. Yeah. There there are when I realized that for some people, if say when it came to a gig, if they if they got through the gig and if they played successfully to where they did their job and they got paid, like if if they got paid from the gig, you know, and it was and it was that kind of thing, they were happy whether mm-hmm. they sounded like shit. Like shit or sugar, like right. they would, they might, they might know to themselves, like, eh, I need to crash a little bit more. But when I realized how many people, it didn't matter to them. And what here was the tricky part about me—not tricky, but the thing that I realized was like, oh, I have a different relationship. I don't give a damn if I get paid a million bucks from a gig if I don't, if I'm not playing. So to, and this goes to the last part you're talking about. If I'm not playing to my liking, as far as just like how, like who I who I am, then you're not happy. being real. Then you're not then, being real. You're and I'm not. That. And I'm not happy with it at all. So what happened for me in practice was what the last part you talked about, which was the first thing was my. This is my first credit to it. <clears throat> my first credit to it is my my hip hop roots. Mm-hmm. When I, what I realized is when you play, like, so I, when I started playing gospel at 21, and when I started realizing I was a different, like, I had a different relationship with music, I didn't realize it then. I realized some of it then, but now I really realize it. When I first started off music, it was about purely creating. It wasn't about learning a song. Right. It so was that's the difference. That's, That's the difference. The difference. That's the difference have right a, there. Yeah, I have a yeah. relationship with right. the exploration process of purely creating that has never left me, even though now it's now in the form of playing jazz and all these mm-hmm. other things that's layered on top. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I got to gospel, this is when it blew my mind because when I got to gospel, when I would be, when I finally got to the point of, you know, just being able to hang and hang and I could understand the language and I could hang, you know, with other musicians as far as playing that kind of thing and I understood like the life of a minister of music and stuff 
it started, it blew my mind how many people, whether they were like direct friends of me or people that I just knew from the scene, it blew my mind how many people were like, were playing for churches or playing their gigs and they were playing songs that they've always played and they were playing in the same key. And if it was not required of them to learn any more they were happy, like they were fine. Yeah. And, and I realized some of that point because at first I was like, that, like I just knew that for me, I just had this relationship with being stagnant as far as exploration. That was just boom. And again, it, it was because of my hip hoppers. But what happened was I was looking at them and I just didn't understand. I was like, I just know that for me, even if they, like I told you, I had an eight thirty service where there was like a small amount of people, maybe like twenty members or something, and all the service was was we just chose him. I just the the musician chose him, and they were just playing, and whoever was on the mic was singing, boom, and, and that was that. It was a very small kind of thing. It was real real low maintenance, and I enjoyed it for that. And I remember my mentor, not my not the mentor I told you about. As a fact, I wouldn't even call him my mentor. My music teacher from um, from middle school happened to be like the organist that was at this church when I first came. And it was a pleasant surprise because I hadn't seen him since uh, middle school, since like seventh grade, and I was 21 at this point. Mm-hmm. So we made acquaintance of friends again, you know, and, and we started hanging together even. And, and he was the musician there. And I've always been a person who, you know, because I'm just, I love education. So I would, before they even hired me, he was the, he was the person. And, but I would still wake up in the morning and come down and he he was playing the organ, and since it was low maintenance, I could bring my keyboard and I could play along. And I came and I recorded, you know, on my tape recorder, record because I, you know, I was I wanted to learn. I was so infatuated, you know, with and I was doing the full time at that point, so I was really living my dream at 21, being able to just study music. So I came mm-hmm. down to him and I was studying him. And when I got to learn more about what I was listening to, I realized, oh, he was a person who eventually I realized, like, okay, he. Back in the day, early, you know, early on, back in the old day, he was the key. You know, he could his style fit and it made sense and everything. Now the only reason why it made sense because this was an older tip. But when I listened to his style, he was very sloppy. <clears throat> he was very sloppy in his playing. A lot of his chord progressions and stuff weren't as clear because he wasn't practicing. So he, was, you could hear in in, in his brain. Mm-hmm. He remembered the progressions, like, and, of course, the muscle memory, everything was there, but then something would fall out and it would be a little mushy. But it wasn't enough for anybody who was, you know, not a musician to be able to tell per se. And so, anyway, but that being said, between that and playing the same songs on the same key, I realized, like, oh, snap, this dude is happy. Like, he's literally happy. And I was like... Me and then once I stepped in that same position, it was totally different. I was I was selecting new songs, and, and then if we were doing the same songs, I was challenging myself. Uh-huh. And I realized something about the whole thing. I was like, oh, for a lot of gospel musicians, they don't they're not introduced to music from the perspective of pure creation. They're first of all they're accompanists. I mean, that's what I was gonna say. They're they're introduced to accompany and to play someone else's music, which has its, which definitely has its pros. But I saw how it could easily lead to the end, the means and the end being basically to your goal is to learn a song, you know, um, whether it's like the like the like the actual arrangement or enough close to be able to be like you said an accompanist, and then after that 
because of the fact that, you know, you eventually can move to a point of getting paid to do that, then for many people it was easy to fall in the cycle of just learn so long to be able to get through um, and where nobody complains and be, be sufficient and eat sufficient. Yep. Um, yep. Play, be able to play and reproduce that creation, somebody else's creation. And thirdly, you know, you get whatever you get from it, whether it's monetary reward or if it's not a monetary reward, just the ability to to, to retain that spot. Right. And I realized that my path, where it was, where it started off, where I was making zero money, there was zero rules, and there was no music to to for you to end. Well, that wasn't the standard. It gave me a different relationship with just pure creation. Wow. Yeah. So, and so you so have to thank yeah. you. You have to thank that church, that little small twenty congregation church, or, or whoever you know that allowed you to be able. That was my greatest experience. Yeah, I mean, like because Indeed. that was, and see, that was a great example. You know, I, I was hearing what you were saying, mm-hmm. and you're right. See, and it's not just for gospel cats. Jazz cats are like that, too. Jazz cats fall into the same category, even even though they have almost 100% expression or creativity or improvisation. That's what the music is. The music, I mean, you just play the head. That's just one chorus or sometimes two. But everything else is is whatever you want to play. It is. This music... Except for this, DeLorean, here's, and I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but check this mm-hmm. out because here's the thing. That's true, and it makes it more free, but this is the other thing that's that's interesting about it. It's free, but then there's still a, a standard, you know. No, that, I was getting ready to say that, but what, uh, but, but, but my point in, in, in saying that, and I'm right. glad you said that, the thing, though, is because my point is that's actually you were getting ready to help me out in my right. point because I was getting ready to say jazz musicians, are just like gospel musicians. Right. He, I was just trying to pinpoint that right. we have actually inside of our music, uh, we're not an accompaniment in jazz. Right. People want to hear you in jazz. Like right. in gospel, they don't want to hear you. They just want you to be right so that right. they can hear the choir. But they don't. Right. They don't. They don't. They don't want to hear you precisely right. be, be, yeah. because you're not. That's not what it's for. I guess yeah. I don't know. I mean, whatever. Yeah. It's, but, it's built. It's built in a way where, like everything else, it's got a formula where you're not the central focus. It's right, about you supporting. But, but but really, you are. They you're right. It, you, exactly. They really don't want you to know that because. But really, you are because without yeah, that, you, you can't. They exactly. can't do what they do. Exactly. You know, and and, and it won't have the same effect it on people. Effect. It won't, it won't have the same effect on people. It won't be so, convincing, bro. Right. It, it won't, won't be convincing be for somebody to give their money if the music ain't right. right. So, but that's uh, another conversation. That's another subject. That I, but, you know, I have, and I have that conversation regularly. So that will be another <laughs> conversation that we'll get Yeah, that will be another conversation. Just to talk about that. Cause I do but I want to get back to my point is, yeah, yeah. is, 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 is that because you came from that background, which, like I was saying earlier, that made you who you are. That's who you are. Like, be, be like because that was your path, which was, in my opinion, the right kind of way to go if you're going to do what we're doing. Because the thing about it is, like I said earlier, we have been creative to create as far as art and music and all of that. That's who we are. 
as artists, not just musicians. That's, that's like sometimes I don't even like to call myself a, a musician. I'm an artist. That way I keep my mindset right as far as creating and, 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 and not getting into this program, you know, playing music away like this. It's just like how they try to do with the with 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 uh, with the media and 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 all of that. They do the same thing in music. That's why I always tell and, and encourage cats or musicians or whoever don't always limit yourself to say I'm just a musician. Say that you're an artist. That way you can keep in mind what what you're really doing. Mm-hmm. You know because the way that you came up in your hip-hop roots and creative, see, you never left that even though you became who you are in many different forms. You yeah. just, it's just, it's just, you still in your mind always go back to that little whatever that made you who you are. Just mm-hmm. like for me, that's the church right. for me, or that's whatever because that's just where my really foundation came from. I right. learned melody from the church. That's where I learned melody from. That's where even, okay, rhythm, bass, and all that, that's just in the culture of all black music. So I feel like every black person could play a rhythm section instrument because I feel like the drum is just who we are as a, as a culture. It's just That's just yeah. where we come from. You're right. So when it comes to that kind of stuff, everybody, but when it comes to melody, for me, it came through gospel music because that's where I learned how to hear melody. I learned what melody was. I learned through through hearing, through, through knowing all of these songs when I was a little kid, what melody was. So that's how the melody thing kind of came together for me. But as far as you creating, because that's kind of same thing in gospel. They give you the tunes, you go learn the tunes, and that's what they play for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's the same right. thing gospel. They give you the the, the the recording, come back Sunday, play exactly what's on the recording. Same thing they say in jazz. Here's recording, play what this bass player is playing. Then that's the same thing. That's that controlled, limited, you know, way of, and that's the, but see, you, if people were to get out of that, which we've had different periods where mm-hmm. artists tried to do that, but those artists and people were always uh, blacklisted and whatever because they were doing something. I mean, hell, John Coltrane was doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, Train was doing that when he, at the end of his life, when 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 he went on on his whole whatever, and nobody wanted to hear that shit no more because mm-hmm. it's like he was playing something that people just didn't want to hear. But then he was he was really exploring who he was. Oh, though. Yeah. I had a he whole was, conversation about that. Right, yeah. he was doing he was doing what he was supposed to do, mm-hmm. but when you do what you're supposed to do, that that ain't what they want you to do. Well, it's just norms. All it is is no. All it is is that we get attached to social norms and because like, somebody right. want to control us. It, it's that, well, that's just the way it is with the music. The reason well, why people tell you to learn these tunes and whatever is because they want to be able to say. I mean, they don't. They don't want to expand. They want it to be controlled so that they can be elevated. That's yeah. how it always goes. Whenever yeah. somebody is trying to, to tell you to do this this way or whatever, and they don't allow you to just be whatever, or they not even you, just 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 allow it to be whatever, that means that they are trying to control it so that they can be elevated. 
That's just how it goes in society right now. It's a controlled society so that whoever can be elevated. That's what and it's all about. And I just got to add this in there, too. I mean, I definitely agree with what you're saying, but I would say, like, when it comes to music, I think it's, I don't think it's as, I don't think it's for many people as intentionally negative when it comes to music. I think what it winds up being is we're pattern-seeking individuals. I mean, it's a part of our DNA. It's a part of evolution. It's how we have arrived at the place that we are on the chain of species because our pattern-seeking brain and our ability to make sense of patterns fast allows us to survive better, allows us to adapt faster, and all that kind of stuff. What that means is that it has a it has super pros to it, but then it also has cons, just like everything else. And the right. cons, a lot of times, winds up being that we have a hard time accepting new things that are different than what we are currently experiencing or knowing. I mean, it's the same thing I go through every day when I have these religious conversations, and I don't have them every day, but when I when I do have them, and I get it because. It's literally the thing I realized about myself which caused the change, and not to go all the way down that road. We'll talk about that another time. But the point I'm making is that it's we we are people that, in order for us to gauge life, and in some ways survive, but in other ways when it's not survival, it just gives us our point of reference so that we can go about business as usual. Like we need things to be or stay as quote unquote normal as possible. Now there's no such thing as normal. Normal is literally what's presently accepted as the Exactly. Problem. Normal is what yeah. somebody can control. It's just like that, Well that, but think about it like this though. Let me let me tell you why it, it I don't think it's I don't think it's as much just purely like in a just a devious mind of control so much as it's just like some of us just, you know, it's like this. If I talk to somebody, even if I, and, and I love it because you could be fundamentalist about music, you can be fundamentalist about spirituality, like what, like if I talk to somebody about, even just in the last, I don't know if you saw the last couple conversations I had on my Facebook page, in fact, this morning, good, good productive conversation, but it came out of um, another friend of mine who I was talking to yesterday who's, um, we have different views, you know, when it comes to religion and spirituality, and we were just kind of hashing out and talking and that kind of thing. And it got to a point where it wasn't that he, it wasn't that he wasn't trying to hear what I was saying. It was that he couldn't hear what I was saying, and it was right. only, And so, what, where, where I was coming out of the norm, he wasn't trying to control me. He just. For his life view, for his, for life to make sense to him and for him, it relied on not only what he experienced as the norm, as the, as the truth, or the truth being the norm, and all that kind of thing, but it relied also on everybody else around him feeling the same way. And the problem is when somebody feels different in the midst of a, when you're hanging your whole hat and all your perspective of life on a particular thing, and then you meet somebody who just, sounds different, looks different, plays their horn differently. It's not just that you're trying to attack them. Their frame of reference totally throws off every fucking thing you thought you knew about okay. life. Okay, and to be very honest with you, that is true. But for me, I feel like, and I'm going to just say this, and this is yeah. just my opinion. It's just my opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same here. Opinion. Same here, too. Like, okay. Same. I, that's you, when, when, it's just like when I talk to my wife, 
for me, I think being compassionate, being yeah. understanding, being all of that is good things. You right. know, that's something that, you know, if you have, you know, I feel like we all should want some of those things, but some of us don't have it like, like you know, some people have. It. We just that's, just that's just something that I don't know if you can develop. I don't know if that's something that whatever. But my you whole said, point what, is. What trait was that? What trait was that? You, huh? You said, what trait was that you were talking about just now? I was Did saying compassion. Compassion. Compassion, yeah. Having, having, because I feel like when you just made that comment, mm-hmm. I feel like you're having compassion for this person and their views. You have it's understanding. I, I think that's the word. That's, it's the, that's the word. Because, yeah, because I actually have understanding. His, I understand but, what they're mm-hmm. saying. I just. We just disagree. I just, I just, and the, and the reason why I disagree strongly because right. because with me, we all can have disagreements. That's part of just what it is. We just don't always agree on something. And like I tell my wife and tell a lot of people, that don't mean I'm against you. I just don't agree with you. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Like mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know why people think that's a big deal when you don't agree like, on something. It's because of the same thing we're talking about right now. It's when your life. Take a Joe. Use this as a prime example. What it is is when you hold, when your entire life, when you hang your hat on a particular view of life. Yeah, but that's your fault. But see, that's what I was getting ready to uh, comment but on. But okay, it's like you said when, earlier, you don't you don't control how you're like your your. Yeah, but you do control if you're an adult, and you control the narrative when it comes. When you are a child, I understand fundamentally. A lot of this mm. stuff goes back into us because I came from the same way. The way that I was raised, now maybe everybody ain't like me. I get that. I've been told that right. 20 times. But <laughs> what I'm saying is if I have the capability, you do too. That's that's my whole argument to when somebody says everybody ain't like you because I don't think I did something that was so out of this world. Mm. I was When I was growing up, I I was in the church. I didn't have no no say-so on how my life was. But when I got older and I understood things for myself, I decided on what was best for me. So what I'm saying is there's an accountable, when you're talking about being accountable, there's an accountability part that a person has to decide. Now, I get it the way it has gone your whole life, but you are in control of your life and how your life goes. And I just believe, and I just believe if that's your view as an adult, then I'm gonna hold you accountable, because if that's all you know, you you need to know some more. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If that's all you know, you need but to know some more. That's why I'm feeling strongly about right. this particular subject more, and I'm not giving them no grace on this because I just feel like this is a decision people make to be to be actually limited. That's a decision. But let me explain. That's something. not a lifestyle. That's not but think about that's... this. I got you. But think about this though, because I I do think that, and this is a conversation I just had with a buddy of mine about two weeks ago. I think the issue is that we oversimplify the concept of the decision. Like we, it's some places where it is simply a matter of a decision. Like you literally are just you're doing this, and you could do that, and maybe you even as an individual have thought about that and. And even gave it some weight, like, yeah, I could do that, and then I'm just going to do this. There are some decisions that fall into that very simple category. But since we're dealing with psychology and we're dealing with something that your brain and the way that you think 
as long it, as it's it, not chemical it, and you don't have anything chemically blocking you for for having this this, this medicine. But listen, Delorean, all of it is chemical. Even the even the the releasing of the block, all of it is chemical. So what I'm saying is this. I agree with you, but check this out. What I'm saying is this. So the reason why I can and understand, even when my homeboy was coming from yesterday, and it's it's, a, it's what allowed me to even respond to him in the way that I did, and I'll explain that later. It was because of the fact, and it's literally the same way today. Is why it's so deep to me, like how it is to you. It's because of the fact that I literally stood in his shoes before, and I remember when I was in that mindset and when I did not have a way, like, it was, there was no, I wasn't choosing to think like that. I just, I could not think past that because I hadn't had enough education, I hadn't had enough exposure, and my life until that point amounted to the way that I was thinking worked for my life. Okay, so stop, so, stop, so stop right there, and I mm-hmm. want you to continue, but I got a question for you right there. Yeah. Now, because you do know that, and you were in that same shoe, you know, same place, it don't matter how, the age or whatever, but you just know because you know what's going on and you see that. Okay, so for me, because I've been in that situation too, yeah. what changed for you? Because, see, this is the thing. Even when yeah. you did not know and you were in that same situation, you still were different than that individual because the thing is you were in that situation. And I'm not saying people are not going to change, but I guarantee you if I would have had this conversation with you when you were back in that place, you would not respond the same way even when you was back in that place like let this me, individual is responding. Let me tell you why I think I, why I know I would have because I did actually. That's only because I did respond that way. Let me tell you what, what it is. When you say what happened, here's the thing I realize it amounts to. And it's not, again, it's not over. That's the problem. We, keep, we oversimplify it. The first thing that happened to me is that I had a life experience, like different life experiences happened to me where just by the nature of how my life unfolded and just having certain experiences, it 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 forced me to look at the same things differently. That wasn't, now that was just like how you said earlier, where you, when you just think of how your life stacks up. So, for instance, when you take, like, say, say you take somebody who is, who is a victim of, say, sexual abuse, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and say it's a little bit later on, they, maybe their mind was one way about sexuality, and then at some point, literally, just because of, of an experience that they went through, mm-hmm. it, it, it hit them in a particular way psychologically where it altered their views. And it didn't mean that what they were now thinking was correct or incorrect or anything. It just had that particular impact on it because of the experience and maybe maybe even, and of course this all amounts to a bunch of things, so maybe it's not only the experience but the person who did it and, and how they thought about that opposite sex or right. how they thought about that, whatever, whatever. Right. So I say that to say that I was I was in that place until I faced situations in life where the way that I was thinking no longer actually sufficed. Like I I didn't know another way to think. I just knew that this in this particular place challenged that and I couldn't actually think that same because I it was almost like being burned. That you get burned by a fire and 
we don't have a way to go back to not No, absolutely. And, 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 and then and, that, it's, that changed. That's what, what changed maybe, you know, in that in that uh, way. And maybe other than that, I was maybe generally more open-minded. I don't know. But I, I know I wasn't at one point. In well, the same way he wasn't, wasn't about the same but you, But to me, that is a read now. Now, this is the thing. Usually when I come across people who have issues with changing or have an opinion about something and they don't know any other way but their opinion, I usually think of a disconnection. You know, I usually think like that. I'm not saying I got it all together, and I'm not saying because I've been that person too. It's just that when you start not being open and, and, and being very whatever it is, people are going to challenge that especially when you're talking about something. It's just it's just we live in a, a big old world, so your view is only one view. It's not, it doesn't mean that's it. Now, there's reasons, like we're talking about, of why people have certain views because of experiences and things like that. Now, for someone who's gone through something like that, I completely understand why the view that they have is that way. Now, it's not up to the world to understand why they think the way that they think. It's up to the individual who's, and this, this is all my opinion. Um, okay, this is my wife. Uh, hold on one second there. Okay. That was an interesting conversation. You get a chance to check out my Facebook page. We were having this conversation on the Facebook page this morning. Really productive conversation, especially with more voices chiming in and people that understand at least in a, in a similar vein with this particular topic, the depth of how I care about, you know, how we look at things and the depth of just us realizing how we come across, you know, when it comes to our views and that kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of times we have objective views about things, and I know myself not realizing that was another way of looking at things. It was very, very interesting. But <laughs> Great. All right, man. Uh, I know we was doing a podcast thing. I'm sorry I had to get off. No, 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 no. This is real life, bro. I, I handle my whole thing just like regular life, no edits. <laughs> <People> <laughs> well, but, but but I think I'm trying to get back to my point because I think I still remember. So I just I understand when 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 there have been like I I love the fact that you gave the the example of what you just gave because I have come in contact not personally, but I just I I understand when when views are the way that they are and why they, and why they are about certain things and you don't never know what people have gone through or why they have certain views. I am all for that understanding. But my thing is, especially when we're talking to, to now, if it's, now if it's a friend or a family member or somebody and you know that that's the way they are and whatever, then of course I know how to deal with it. But when you come across somebody just in everyday walk of life about whatever we're talking about, and they have certain kind of views that they have, and they're just going to put that on you that that's their way, because people are like that. I personally am not a big fan of people like that. I understand we all have 
gone through things, and we're not going to get into specifics because when you uh, life life you know gives you some hard things. But I just feel like when it comes to you know having a a um, having a thought or having your opinion or having whatever, and you're coming in contact talking with someone else, and that's the only way that it is for you then you just got to understand that you're going to have a tough time out here because the thing about it is everybody is not going to understand because everybody's not going to know what you went through to understand why you have these kind of views. You know, you're compassionate to know why someone will have these kind of views because you've been there. I've been there too. It's just that I know I've changed. And everybody has the capability of changing when you know that this is a problem. Now, 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 now. If it's a now, if it's a situation where chemically, which I do agree, all of it is chemical, right. where you right. can't change. This is varying degrees. This is this is why rehabilitation, why the word rehabilitation is a word, because as we know, like if you really, and I never thought about this before. In fact, even before this conversation, but it really dawns on me what how much sense it makes. Rehabilitation, in, in layman's terms, is basically our way of saying something that I've been realizing for the past like couple of years and I've been speaking more on. When it comes to the process of changing thoughts, it literally is that. Yes. And everybody yes. is at different places and stages in the game, and then you have some people beyond the ability to change the thought because yes. they're varying, their chemical degree is, you know. Totally yes. Different. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. So um, yes. that's that's why when it comes down to it at the end of the day, I feel that above all else, and, you, and I, you know, this is something I believe you feel as well, it's, it's literally built into the fabric of who we are. I believe the most important thing we could do is to work with each other as much as possible. Yes, that's why, absolutely. You know, yeah, that's why things like virtues like patience and all that kind of kindness and all that kind of, and even being able to cut cut somebody up when they can't help themselves and when they, you know, to even help them to stop harming you or themselves or whatever. Like all of those distressions are needed because we're at varying degrees. I, I and this is, I, we won't go heavy into this because I, I definitely would save this one for another day because this is a wonderful, fun, deep topic. But like a couple of years ago, as, especially coming through my whole religious spiritual transition and thinking about things and coming to new conclusions. I got to a point, uh, because the foundations of a lot of things are based on emotions or, or, or emotions guiding our actions and those actions uh-huh. related mm-hmm. to consequences. I remember thinking one time, and I started thinking that way ever since, I don't, when it comes to our emotions and our feelings, I look at us as more so subject to our emotions um, than always just purely in control and just the ability to stop on a dime and just make a, you know, no matter. And I, and the only reason I realized that was this. If you, if you just reverse engineer it, when you are emotional about something, you're not making a choice and then becoming emotional. Yeah. You're experiencing something. And then what we all would identify with, then it starts to get to the point where where you where it is this other area where control is involved, it plays a part. It's it's and it and it starts to become more of a balance. Yeah. Where you aren't in control of how you feel, but in many scenarios or in some scenarios, you are very much in control of 
of what you do about how you feel. You know right. Saying, without a doubt. Right. And but I realize saying I realize I'll tell you like the biggest mistake I think we're making as far as humanity, period, is literally not understanding that that's a gradient and not and not a place where it literally switches from black and then it's white and it, like it's literally like a color gradient where it's so nuanced that there's just varying degrees of it. Um, there are some people where when faced with an emotion can sit there and say, no matter how I feel this, I'm not going to do this. And then there's some other scenarios. Of who just, they don't have control of it. They just don't yeah. have control of it. And, and everything in between, you know. And so that's why I don't disagree. Like I totally agree with you know, what you're saying. Um, well, 100%. I just I just believe that there's a gradient more so than that. And, I, and I'm starting to now give us the benefit of the doubt it still doesn't change the fact that I, I need, if I need to cut somebody off, I'll cut them off or I need to put somebody in place or whatever I need to do. Like whatever. But I'm starting to give us more of the benefit of the doubt of, like, this this mental thing um, with our choices and, like, what's and what's behind why we're behaving the way that we're behaving. Right. And you know but, what? I will say that, that you are doing it the right way. For me, and it's not about right or wrong, but I can say that because, and I'll tell you why I say that. The reason why, for me, I come across the way that I come across when it comes to these types of things is because I feel like the people who are like me and you, we always finish. Now, and it shouldn't be about, you know, who's like finishes first or last or who comes first and last. I just feel like people who are the way that we are, we get beat up on, and and we get. Uh, uh, what's the word? We get uh, yeah, we get taken advantage of because the thing is, because we are so understanding and yeah. because we are whatever. It's like, and, and I just, I really don't do well, and I am starting to learn that, you know, I got to be a little more compassion. That's the word that I need to use because yeah. I think that. Oh shit! Okay, are you still there? Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, I need to be a little more compassionate, and I need to, like you said, I I need to, I I really want to work with people. I do. I want to work with everybody. I I I, I for me as an individual, I am a extra, a extroverted person. I am a person for people. When I play music, I have audience and the people in mind. I don't play for myself. I don't play for whatever, that's something that I have an issue with 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 a lot of instrumentalists or in, in particularly jazz musicians when they play, when they go on gigs. It's like you're playing for yourself. You don't have a, you don't understand that people are here listening to you. So you have a responsibility to communicate to these people. That's why they're here. They're here for you. You need yeah. to speak to them. Speak to them through your music, you know, yeah. but that, but I don't, that's just, but that's just me. I have, sense. I am a, I love people. I want right. to work with people, but I need to learn that I, that there are going to come a time that, you know, I'm going to always, you know, encounter many different kinds of people, you yeah. know, even the ones who I don't want to encounter. I got to know how to be able to still have compassion because for me, the reason why I'm really up on it is because I was the one getting beat up when right. I was younger when it came to a lot of this stuff. Right. So now it's like, you look, know, look, I, 
I have a handle on a lot of things right. better now. So now you and 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 I can see when certain people I can see what they're trying to do. I I, yeah. I can see what's going on. Where yeah. when I was younger I didn't know. I, yeah. I just yeah. couldn't see yeah. and I couldn't you know. So for me, it's just it's just you're telling me to do something that I don't feel. Like I have to somewhat develop this compassion for for the same people who used to beat up on me about certain things like this. Yep. I needed to kind of yep. develop that, which is something difficult. That's something difficult. It's a pro. Yo, look. That's why I love. First of all, man, I because I'm I'm just as open as you're being right now, man. I I like I love and appreciate that, man. Like those are the people I drive with, and this your what you're saying right now is exactly where where we're going with this whole thing because right now from some other point on the spectrum it's easy for another person to look at you and say they take like say you take like the past 15 situations where maybe somebody you know irks your nerves or somebody was on some shit that mm-hmm. like just just push you over that edge somebody easily could sitting from another point of the spectrum be like yep See, that's what I'm talking about right there. Now, he got the choice to just make it and look at him. But if in your shoes, and this is why I believe that the key to compassion is continually working with people and getting into uh, have, developing empathy by putting yourself in other people's shoes and being able to, like, work. Because what happens is if a person judged you that way based off of you, whatever, and they were just like, he could have did the problem would have been that they didn't have con- – if they were in your shoes at that time, they would have known everything you're saying right now, which is this is where I come from, this is what I've dealt with, and this is why it's a process and why I ain't going to get this shit right every time, but I am heading in a direction and I'm aware of it. Right, so while right. I'm heading in that direction, I need somebody to work – yo, when I tell you that, like, my one of my greatest traits in life is patience, right, and – and I have, I have some idea. I have a, a good amount of idea of where it came from because I look at my childhood and I look at what my mother demonstrated to me. But the one thing I tell my daughter now is the number as I'm teaching her to have patience and as and as it's working and she's developing empathy for people. The one thing I tell her over and over is the reason the reason why I have patience is because as I have demonstrated patience. It has demonstrated to me through the um, through the, uh, the 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 expression of through the outcomes that I face from having patience that when I have patience with people, I need first of all I need the same thing. I, what's happened is I've looked in my life where I see where I have, need patience, and so it's not hard for me to have patience with other people because I know whatever I see in them. It's, it's the same amount of me in some other area. Like if you count up all my places where I'm screwed up and I need somebody to work with me or not judge me on every time I'm get, then like it's it's going to be we all dealing with the same shit. So yeah, and, uh, yeah, so, yeah. And the demonstration of that and the fact that that because that was true and it played out where somebody was patient with me and then I valued it again and then and then it made me value it and give it more and then it happened again and that cycle over and over and over and over and over and over again. Is now to the point where now it's just like water for me. But I realize the way that it got there, and this is why I understand other people, and it's why I can appreciate what you're saying right now, because the way to develop empathy and compassion is literally to work with people and to keep going through the same process of like, 
ju- not judging yourself. When you screw up, you screw up. You just realize you try to be better. If you get it right, you praise yourself and you pat yourself on the back, give yourself credit, like help yourself, demonstrate to others, and just keep that cycle, that living. You know what I'm saying? Keep living and keep trying. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you, bro. And I I really, man, I tell you one other thing, totally totally different topic. Well, same topic, but just where it where it leads to a conclusion. So when I play music, um, you know, with people, one of the greatest things for me beyond playing good music is I love having conversations with people and developing relationships because, as you know, firsthand, it literally plays itself out in the music. So Absolutely. I'm, Absolutely. I'm excited as hell Absolutely, man. On, on what we about to play. With oh, just, yeah, man. Even just, oh, yeah, even Absolutely. Just the, the conversation between you and I this week, it's gonna yeah. be crazy just because we vibe oh, on yeah. a personal level, and it's gonna come out through the music. It's so, it's so absolutely, different. absolutely. So. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly excited <laughs> myself, man, because for me, it's like, it's like you can actually vibe with somebody that's on your level too. That's the right. other thing. That's, that's a good thing. It's like, right. you know, it, just like you were just saying, we always gotta come in contact with different people, and you gotta know how to, you gotta know how to move within whatever you come in contact with. But it's right. definitely good when you find people that you connect with that's on the same yeah. level. Like, you know, that's that's just, that's healthy for us because, yeah, uh, it, 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 because you do have to have, you have to uh, use up a lot of energy for right. other things. So when you get with somebody or a group of people who are like you, it's yeah. like a, it's like you can breathe a little bit really? and you can just, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you can breathe a little bit when you either playing or you with some people who are either over your head or under or whatever. It's just so much energy you you gotta you have to put out to be able to just be able to keep yourself at a level thing. But when you but when you're around people who are who are just like you, it's just you can just be yourself and and just you know it's just oh man, it's gonna be good. It's it's, it's gonna be good. Bro, and so, so right, before, right before I let you go, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this this last part about this, and then I'm gonna tell you one more thing about the inner shed thing, and then it will be done. The everything you just said, man, is true. And the funny part is this: this is what I realized. One day I was um I was driving home from getting some CDs made, and as I was driving home, I pulled up at a light, and the car that was in front of me had um the bumper sticker coexist the coexist bumper sticker on it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it had all the different shapes or whatever with the letters and the different religions. And when I saw that, like, even when I was coming up on it, before I got to it, my brain put together what I was looking at because I could tell the different symbols. And I was like, I think this is a sign that, like, it's some harmonious kind of thing just saying, like, look, we got differences, but we all blah, blah, blah. When I got up on it, I was like, oh, man, that's that's so cool. And it became one of my favorite symbols. The thing I realized about that symbol, which is the same thing here, is, it's like it's re- it's like you said, like that we're that we vibe on the same frequency, right? So mm-hmm. to speak. But it's funny because when you think about it, all you re- all the only ingredient you really need is literally everything we've talked about for the for the last thirty forty minutes, which is even if you have different experiences or speak music differently or whatever, like or and not even just music, but I'm just saying like life, but also in music. Mm-hmm. If you at least have the trait of allowing room for another person and their experience and where they are in the process and you, and you you try to 
understand them when when un, be understanding in the places where they're not the best or where they're working on something, and and be excited and high five them in the places where they're just they're on top of their game and y'all both connect and everything in between. It's like that's literally all you need to be able in to life. have in life. Period. That's and why it, I married the little... woman that I married because that's what she. It's it's funny you say that because to me that's why I married my wife because she's like that. Like how you're talking, yeah. that's my wife. That's yeah. why for me, when 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 you were kind of like saying some of the stuff you were saying about just understanding and all of that, yeah. I guess for me because my wife is like that. She has this. Ability. She's so compassionate. Yeah. She's so, and she just had this ability to just think the best in people. Right. And and it really has served her good, but it also has served her bad because people have taken advantage of her. Yeah. And that's the part where, for me, I come in, and that's the part. Yeah, where, yeah, where <laughs> right, it's, right. That's where, for me, it's like I'm sick of that. But at the same time, what I know to be true is yeah. that even in the midst of that, you have to be like how my wife is. She's still, and I always, like we always say to each other, because she always lets me know that's just who she is. Like, yeah. and she don't want to change that, and I don't want to change that about her. I just you don't want her to be taken yeah, advantage of or whatever. It's a, balance, it's a balance of both, right? Like, that's the thing that you're saying, and even in your expression of your relationship and what you're saying about yourself and and what I'm saying, it literally shows. It's the literally the balance. It is yeah. the, the ability to be compassionate when needed mm-hmm. and extend people that kind of place for them to where they're, you know, that kind of compassion and have that cutoff point where it doesn't yep. allow you to be taken care of. And it's, it's something that I talk about every day. Every trait, man, no matter how good it is, every trait has its pros and its cons. Absolutely. Absolutely. You could be, be patient, and it'd be the greatest thing in the world. And you could also be patient, patient to your own detriment. You know who who's yeah. patient to their own detriment many times? For a frog that's in hot water boiling, yeah. is patient to his own detriment. Like yeah. it, everything that's has true. a pros and cons. And as long as you, like you're saying now, and like I'm saying, and what we're all striving for, as long as you know the parameters and you can see where your compassion is good, but you can see where it allows you to take advantage of, or the flip side, when you can see where your hard edge is good, but where it might not allow you to extend in places where you may need to for people, it's like as long as you can see, when you when you can see that and then realize the balance of the two is what's needed most, man, then, then like we're really on to something. Absolutely. So, yeah, man. So I, I, you know, I just wanted to um to say that, man. And I really, yeah, I really appreciate this. Convo this was fun, here. man. This, this was fun, dude. I mean, you know, if I wasn't talking to you, I was just gonna be practicing. So you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't feel bad. So <laughs> still practice it. Yeah, oh, man, that's so, great. On that, on that tip, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and let you run, man. And um, yeah, we'll catch up. In fact, when we, when we link up Thursday, okay. I'll tell you that that last part about like. <laughs> The in the shed piece and like why I'm so excited about it. Um, but we'll, okay, yeah, we'll connect on that. Man, I appreciate it. It's been good talking to you, man. Yeah, man. Likewise, man. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask you. Can you, yeah. by the way, because um, what's that tune? Uh, <coughs> um, lazy, uh, lazy, hazy days or whatever it is. Oh yeah. Can okay. you send me that? The uh, 
the real book? Uh, uh, this, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, um, I think I already put it. It's you already put a, it in the. Uh, is it on the um, thing already? Is it already on the uh, uh, folder? List in the Dropbox. So when you go to oh yeah, so basically, if you go to the Dropbox folder that um, that Micah sent us, right? Uh-huh. I I dropped the sheet music for um, for Lazy Days of Summer, and then I also dropped the the file for um, iReal Pro, so like the whole list. But Lazy Days of Summer is actually the sheet music in that same folder. If you, is, if it, you is, it, it, is it also the iReal of that uh, tune? Like, oh, got you, the way I charted it out. Okay. Like, so, how, you, like, like how you did it uh, on yeah, the... Yeah, I got uh, you. So I do have that. What I'll do is um, I can... Uh, do you have... Um, you, got the, you have the program, right, iReal? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. So just go to my... Um, go to my profile in the forum. In fact, oh, okay. Yeah, look look right on the same video. If you look in the description of the video where I where I list out the other information, you will see a link there that says um, download the charts here, and that's going to take you to my iReal Pro page, and you will see the whole. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Okay. I'll definitely do that. <laughs> All right, man. Well, good time to you, man. And I, All right, I, man. Take it easy, man. You have a yeah, good rest of a good rest of your day, man. You too, man. I look forward to seeing you Thursday. Okay, man. Later. All right, peace. Peace.